Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Hey, well, I want to say a big welcome to everybody that's joining us here today. If you've never been to church before, it has never been easier. And I don't know how you're tuning in. Maybe it's Facebook, YouTube, however it is, Church Online. We're just glad that you are tuning in and that you have made it today. And so because of the season that we're in, obviously we are the church, but we are meeting in separate locations everywhere all over the place because that's what life is like right now. And we are gathered together in spirit, but just separated. And and that's how life is. And I, I don't know how things have been going for you. But I know that we're starting to get back to normal. You know, it feels like things are starting to get a little bit easier. Recently, my kids went back to school and I got to be honest, they were working out of my office. So, so during their ISO experience, there was me at my desk and then I put a little, couple little desks in there for the kids. And, and so they're in there and they're working and believe it or not, that actually did make it easier. And so here we are, and we're all working together. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I can't wait until these kids go back to school. And then the day came, so I took them back to school. But after I dropped them off, I got to be honest, I got home. It's about 30 minutes later. And honestly, I was starting to miss them, you know, and, and, and I just did. And I, you know, I, I, it was a blessing to have them there. But sometimes, you know, your blessing comes packaged in a way that you don't recognize it. This is how it is sometimes. Things don't always look the way that we think that they're going to look. And I think so often what God is doing is He's moving in our lives, but we don't always recognize the blessings as He moved because we're distracted by the details. And so today what I want to do is I want to, I want to share a message with you, but I'm not going to tell you the title. I don't want you to, to know the title because I feel like if you know the title, you're going to try to finish the message for me. You're going to try to get there ahead of me, and I don't want you to do that. So let me just maybe begin by asking you this question. I don't know for you what it feels like when you've made it. You know, like, do you, do you have a feeling that's associated with that? What is it like for you when you've just made it? You have achieved whatever you were trying to achieve. I don't know what success really looks like to you. I mean, I know that for some people, Success might look like they just got a business card. I remember the first time I got a business card with my name on it. And maybe for you, that's what it is. It's a business card. Maybe for some people, it's not the the business card that you got, but it's just like that little title that's below your name. And you've been working all of your life to get closer to that goal or that title. And so there it is, your title. And, and, And maybe that's when you know that you've made it. It could be a position. It could be, I don't know. It could be the corner office. I'll tell you, I've got a corner office. I don't feel like I've made it. So I don't know what it's like for you, you know, but, but, but maybe there's something that you've been reaching for. And it's like, when you get that thing, that's how you know that you're successful. That's how you know that you're doing well. And as you go through life, I don't know if you do this, but you start to look back over some of the things that you've have accumulated in your life. I don't know if you ever look back on those things and just sort of say, uh, how did all this happen, you know? Or just reflect on, on how all this culminated and, and came into your life. You know, I think it's funny because sometimes we, uh, I'm watching the TV and they have the, uh, you know, like the actors, they get their awards, so like the Oscars. 
And so, you know, the Oscars, whenever they get up and, and they get their award and they make their speech, they often say things like, I just want to thank God. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that they were into God, you know? And then, and then they say other things and they say, well, I, I'm, I'm just so blessed. I'm blessed. And I'm like, is that, is that what that is? It's like they've, they've looked back on their success and now they're at a place where they're saying they're blessed. What, is, what does that even mean? Like, what does it really mean that God has blessed you? Like, how do you know when you've been blessed? I used to go to school, at a, to a Lutheran school, and we used to have chapel every Wednesday. And I've got to be honest and tell you, I don't remember a lot of what happened at chapel. In fact, I basically don't remember anything. But I do remember that the pastor used to get up, and there was this one scripture that he would just share constantly. It was the same thing. And I, I remember that. I don't remember anything else in six years of going to chapel, but I remember this scripture. And I want to read it to you today. And it comes out of Numbers chapter six. And it's, it's actually, it's a little title at the top of my page here where it says Aaron's blessing. And it says this in Numbers chapter six, verse 24. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. I thought that's nice. I like that. I like that scripture. I like it because it sounds like there's a lot of good stuff that's coming my way via God. Like He wants to bless me. And I've, I've just figured like when you get blessed, we should be able to see it. You know, don't you think that blessing shows? That's, that's what people are doing when they're making speeches at the Oscars. They're looking back on their success. It shows. It was self-evident. And I've, I don't know. I feel like if there's a blessing there somewhere, it should be obvious, you know? And I mean, I guess no one ever told 2020 that we were meant to be blessed by God because I reckon there's a lot of people right now that are feeling like the blessing is not showing, like it's not there. Like what... What is happening? Like, isn't God meant to be blessing us in this season? And, and, and what is it? Should we be able to, you know, just point to it? This scripture that I read today out of Numbers chapter 6, it's actually a blessing to the nation of Israel. And so the way that these things would work, and this is often if you read the Old Testament, Right? The word testament actually means covenant. So the old covenant, when, you, when you're reading this portion of the Bible, a lot of the promises that are made, they're made to the nation. It's weird because when you read the New Testament, it's like they're speaking more to individuals. But in the Old Testament, often the promises are to a nation. And so what it means is it's not that every single person that is in the nation is necessary, necessarily constantly walking through blessing. But what it does mean is that the nation would be blessed that if they do some of the things that God has asked them to do, then the entire nation would be blessed. And so the, if you wanted to get blessing in the nation and you were Israel, you would be faithful in the things that God had asked you to do. And that makes sense, you know. It makes sense that if we're faithful and if we do what God asks us to do, and if, if Israel did what God asked them to do, then there would be blessing. But in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, it was a double-edged sword because if you were unfaithful or if you did the wrong thing, you got curses. So, so if you're obedient, 
then you get blessings. If you're disobedient, then you get curses. And, and everyone understood this. This made sense. This is how it worked. If you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad. And, and, and this is just the nature of how God's blessings were. Obedience would position you for blessing. Disobedience would position you for curses. So now here we are all these years later and you get people like award-winning actors that stand up and, and they say, I'm blessed. And then you see people, you know, sometimes business people being interviewed and and you see them and you say, how did, how did this happen? And they say, I'm blessed. And I'm like, we've got actors that are getting blessed. And we've got rich people that we can see their blessings. Like it's obvious. So, so they're getting blessed. And, and to me, sometimes I look at this stuff and honestly, I go, how? Like, <laughs> how, how are they blessed? How are they blessed? I thought it was like, if you were good, you'd get good. Or if you were bad, you'd get bad. Like, how are all these people that have no relationship with God, how are they getting blessed? And you know, the funny thing is, is that sometimes when I'm thinking about a message or I'm thinking about what God wants to say to people, and, and before I say it, I, I, I think through a couple of filters. And so I put this thought through this filter, like how is it that you got people in developing nations around the world that are faithful and they love God and they have an actual relationship with Jesus and they're in poverty and they're struggling. And then you see people that have no relationship with God and they look blessed and everything is going well. I like to put stuff through the developing nation filter because it's got to be true there and it's got to be true here. And, and I look at this stuff sometimes and I think, you know, it just doesn't make sense. You know, one of the things that I've learned about blessing is that if you always compare whatever you have to someone else, you'll always have either more or you'll have less. And if you always compare blessing to somebody who has more, then I tell you this, you're never gonna feel blessed in your life. You never feel blessed because blessed is always just out of reach. Blessed is always what someone else has. It's funny because what we do often in our lives is we normalize what we have. We're like, this, this ain't blessed. This is, this is just normal. No, rich people or someone with more, they're the people that are really blessed. And I look at this and I'm like, come on. So, so who's really blessed? Because sometimes it looks different for different people. And how are people that have no relationship with God getting blessed? I've seen rich, disobedient people get blessed. And sometimes, you know what? It just doesn't make sense. One of the things I've learned about God is that oftentimes you will find His blessings within His boundaries. Because if you just continue to live the kind of life that God has asked you to live, then naturally it just pulls some sense of blessing into your life. And you know, everyone in the Old Testament, everyone under the Old Covenant, everyone understood this. Like they all knew how the system worked. If we do good, we get good. If we do bad, we get bad. Man, even my kids, man, these guys, they understand it. Because you know, like I give my kids pocket money and it's a really simple system. You do the jobs that you need to do and you get pocket money 
And if you don't do the jobs, then you don't get pocket money. Like it's a simple system. Everyone understands rewards for obedience. And everyone in the Old Testament, they understood this. Here's what the, bless, the word blessing, what it actually means. It really means to be fortunate. I'm fortunate. If I'm blessed, I'm fortunate. And if you just delve a little bit deeper and you say, what does it really mean to be blessed? And you, you look at the, the meaning of the word, honestly, it means to be happy. I'm fortunate. I'm happy. If you always think the blessed is more, you'll always be dissatisfied. You'll always be unhappy because you are constantly in the pursuit of maybe it's that title. Maybe it's that car. Maybe it's that house. Maybe it's just that thing that's just out of reach. And you don't want to always live like blessing is out of reach. It's actually a disposition that you have. Except people, we, we don't often think about blessing like this. For some unknown reason, we often think under Old Testament thinking and we go, blessing is when God puts good stuff in your life. It's all the good stuff that means that I'm blessed. And if I've been doing good, that's why I'm getting good. And so blessing, it's here, I can point to it. But then 2000 years ago, Jesus came from heaven to earth and He decided that He was gonna radically redefine what blessing was all about. He transformed the world's thinking on what blessing really was. And he preaches this message and it's the most incredible message. And to be honest, it's probably just a collection of messages. But in my Bible, it says the sermon. So I'm just going to say it's one. So the sermon on the Mount. Jesus is about to lay down a whole heap of thoughts and ideas about philosophy and life. And he's about to share a whole heap with people. You know what's really interesting? He starts with blessing. People want to know, what does it really look like to be blessed by God? What does it look like when I'm experiencing blessing in my life? What is that? So I want to read the scripture to you because I think Jesus just did such a good job with this. And it comes out of Matthew chapter 5, and it begins in verse 2. It says, He opened His mouth and He taught them. So Jesus is teaching. And He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I want to stop right about now and say, this, this doesn't exactly look like the blessed life. Like this is not what we picture when we think I'm blessed. It goes on in verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. It's actually weird because in this place, whoever he's talking about is currently dissatisfied because they're waiting for justice. And he says that they're blessed. He goes on in verse seven, he says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Just hold on to your hat for a minute. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then blessed are you. Are you ready for this? Blessed are you 
when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. He's talking about himself. So Jesus says, when people utter evil against you on account of the fact that you are following him, he says, you're blessed in that space. And he says, rejoice. Oh, come on. Isn't this good? Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven, for so they for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I, I I look at this scripture, and this radically redefines what we really think blessing is. Because we think that blessing is sometimes position, status, wealth, but absolutely good things that are in your life. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you can be blessed and be poor in spirit. Like while you're poor in spirit, you're blessed. He said, you could be in mourning right now. You are grief stricken. You are at a loss. There are things that have happened in your life and you're currently in mourning. And he says, in that place right there, where you are right now, you're blessed. And it's odd because we would say, no, wouldn't be blessed be past the place of mourning. Surely blessed is on the other side of my problems. Blessed is what comes after the season that I'm presently in. Jesus says, think again. I'm gonna change the way you think about blessing. He says, you can be in mourning right now and you can be blessed. He says, you can want justice right now because you have suffered some kind of injustice and all things are not right in your world and you're wanting things to be made right. He goes there, that place right there, that place where you want justice, but you don't have it. You can be blessed in that place too. Man, this is not what I really considered to be blessed. He said, hey, are you getting persecuted right now because you're a follower of Jesus? You're blessed. Really? Honestly, I'm blessed in that place. You're blessed in that place when you're persecuted. Here is what Jesus is really saying. He's saying, your life could be going to pieces right now. Everything is breaking apart at the seams. It looks like nothing is going to work. You are full of grief, you are full of loss. And in that place right there, He says, you can be blessed. Kind of changes our mind about what blessing really is. And it doesn't make sense. But that's because blessing doesn't often come packaged right. You know, a couple years ago, I, I bought a pair of sunglasses, Ray-Bans, that I loved. And I reckon I had them for about three months. This is kind of a long story, but I basically just drove over my glasses, just backed over them. They're just in pieces. And I was pretty disappointed about that. So that, to me, it felt like there needed to be like an adequate amount of self-imposed punishment from my stupidity before I would allow myself to buy another pair of glasses. But then it happened. I'm, I'm at home and it comes up on catch of the day. And there it is, a pair of Ray-Bans, just like the ones that I broke. And so I looked at it and I thought enough time has passed. I can justify this. I'm buying those glasses, right? It's a good price and I was, I was pumped. So I'm waiting for the package to be delivered. Finally, it comes to the door. This is what I've been expecting. And I took them out of the box, right? Something didn't look quite right. And I put them 
on and they were like nearly falling off. See, I guess I didn't read the fine print, but in the fine print on the ones that I bought, it was like, these are for an extra large head. And I was like, I just lucked out in, in that place. So, so now I've got these glasses and that, that is not what I wanted. I was expecting something and the thing that I got was not what I thought it was going to be. And I feel like this is what happens in life all the time. We feel like something's coming our way and it's going to be good. And maybe we're expecting some blessing and, and then it happens and it's not what you thought it was going to be. Man, this, th th this just happens all the time. Ask Israel. You know, for thousands of years, Israel as a nation, they were waiting for the Messiah to come. And I thought that when the Messiah gets here, everything will be different. When the Messiah comes, um, our, our lives will be transformed as they reflected on the golden era of their own nation and look back at a time in the past when God had showed up and they would go to war with nations and overcome incredible odds. And now here they are in Jesus's day, oppressed by the Roman Empire. They are struggling and they're waiting for the Messiah. This is their idea. When the greatest blessing comes, the Messiah, when the greatest blessing comes, this is going to be so good for us. It's going to be so good because everything's going to be different. When the Messiah comes, then they're going to overthrow our Roman oppressors. We will be liberated as a people. We will be on top and no longer underneath. This is going to be so good. And then Jesus actually came. And I got to tell you, He wasn't what they expected. Here's the crazy part. The religious leaders of the day, they were the ones who were looking out for the Messiah, waiting for Him to come. They knew what to look for. They were so educated on who the Messiah should be. And when He came, He just didn't come packaged the way that they thought He would. It's weird because when He came, He started to say, render to Caesar's whatever Caesar's is. But when it came time to start accusing people, all the accusations were leveled at the Pharisees and the religious leaders. This is not what they expected from their Messiah. This is not what they wanted. Jesus came to bring spiritual liberation and they were expecting physical liberation. That's because it didn't come how they thought it was going to come. Here He is standing in front of them. The greatest blessing the world could ever know. And they missed Him completely completely. They didn't even know who He was. The gospel, I think, is such an incredible message. The fact that Jesus would come from heaven to earth and pay the penalty for people's sins because He loves people and wants to set them free. I think that that's an incredible message. And they were living through the moment when it was unfolding before them. But because they were looking at it the wrong way, they just, they just didn't see it. They just missed it. I feel like sometimes the most difficult seasons that you go through can be the greatest blessings in your life. They're just packaged wrong. Sometimes the most difficult stuff that you go through, it's an incredible blessing to you, but it's just in disguise. It's in disguise but it teaches you and it transforms you and it changes you 
and it's hard and it's difficult, but as difficult as it is, you come out on the other side and you are better for it. It was a blessing. It was just packaged in disguise. It was just packaged wrong. Here's what I wanna ask you today. Is it possible right now that you are unimaginably blessed in some way, but because you think it's something else, you haven't seen it? Is it possible that right now that God is blessing you, but it's not what you wanted, so you don't necessarily receive it as blessing? You know, the Apostle Paul, he wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus. And the way that he begins this letter, I, I, I think really explains what blessing is all about, the greatest blessing that we could receive. This, this is what Paul writes to the Ephesians. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now just, just let that sink in for a minute. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Every. It's like He is the culmination of the best promises of God. Jesus Christ is every spiritual blessing you could possibly want. He's everything. There's nothing outside of Jesus that could be better than Him. It, it is Him. He's, been, he's blessed us with Christ. And be, if you've got Jesus, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You got all of them. All of them in Him. It's all wrapped up in who He is, is what Paul says. Now, here's the interesting thing. The guy that wrote that letter, to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, is a guy that has been beaten, shipwrecked, abandoned, has faced starvation, exposure to the elements. One time they thought he was dead and he was raised back to life. And by the way, when Paul wrote this letter about being unimaginably blessed in the heavenly places, he wrote it from prison. And when I read what Paul wrote, it makes me think a little bit differently about what blessing really is. I feel like so often we just think like we're in the Old Covenant. We think like we're in the Old Testament. You remember what that is, right? Come on, let's do this. Do good, get good or blessed. Do bad, get bad. So often we try to explain to ourselves the reason why things are going wrong in our lives is maybe because God is bringing curses into our lives. Maybe He's getting back at us for that stuff that we did. Paul would never have looked at it like that. Paul says, no, 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 no. You're thinking wrong about blessing. Maybe under the old covenant, you could have said that. Maybe under the old covenant, we'd say, you've got blessings in your life, so you must have been obedient. You've positioned yourself well for blessing. But Paul says, no, that, that, that's old news anyway. There is a new agreement. There is a new covenant. And it completely transforms the way that God interacts with people. It's different. 
You know, years ago, my, my dad used to work at this large company and they had big boom gates at the entrance to let you in. And so one day I decided that I was going to visit him. So I turned up at his work and I, I drove straight towards the gate and most people park outside, but I'm, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going through the gate. And so the security guy comes over and he looks at me and he says, can I help you? And I said, yes. I said, I'm, I'm here to see my dad. And he just kind of had this look on his face like, that's cute, mate. Um, he looked at his other friend and he's like, we'll be turning this guy around for sure. This, I could see that this was going on. So he's kind of got a bit of a smirk on his face. And he said, okay, and, and who's your dad? I said, oh, that's uh, Bruce Fagland. And he says, oh, you're Bruce's son. I said, yeah. And he goes, do you know how to get there? Do you know where you're going? I said, yeah, I know how to get there. He goes, no problem, go, go right on through. Up go the gates, through I drive. And in that moment, I realized that the reason I gained access had nothing to do with my name. It had nothing to do with who I am. It had nothing to do with any of my accomplishments in life. The reason that I got through is because of who I was associated with. It was completely about my association with my father that allowed me to get through. Here's what I wanna to explain to you today. The greatest blessing you will ever receive, it comes by association. I think it is beyond question that the greatest blessing a person could ever get in their life is to know Jesus, to have a relationship with Him, to receive what we would call salvation, forgiveness of your sins. That is the greatest blessing. Maybe you're new to church and you're like, I don't know. To be honest, I would just take that Aston Martin. That sounds so much better than what you're talking about right now. And I, I, I get it, but you got to remember a couple of things. Life is short. Eternity is a long time. This blessing, it doesn't just bless you while you're here on earth but it transitions you through the gate and on into eternity. It's the greatest blessing you could ever receive. I'm gonna take a minute to get a little teachy because this is so good, you just don't wanna miss it. The Bible says that when you ask Jesus into your life and receive forgiveness of your sins, it doesn't end there. The Bible says that you become what we call justified. And justified is this word that, that means, hey, you know what? It's not about you, your good works, or any of your accomplishments. You are not a self-righteous person. You cannot be. You have no righteousness of your own. You know, the Bible says that our best efforts, they're like filthy rags to Him. It's like, we do it as hard as we try. We're never going to make it on our own. So Jesus says, tell you what, I'll give you all of my righteousness. That's why I think if you're a Christian person, you gotta be the most humble person on the planet because you gotta realize that all of your righteousness didn't even come from you. It came just from Jesus. You are what the Bible calls, let's say another teachy word here, you are sanctified. 
When you're sanctified, it means you are set apart by God for a holy and designated purpose. And I don't care what is in your history. I don't even care what's in your background. I don't know what you've done. And here's the thing, I don't even need to know what you've done because I know what He's done. I know what Jesus has done. And so because of what Jesus has done on the cross, He has a purpose for you. There is a life that's in Him. You have been regenerated, the Bible says. You are regenerated. It says that, you know what? Your soul has come to life. There's a, there's a, there is an inner part of you that comes to life when you have a relationship with Jesus. You have been adopted by the Father into His family. I'm telling you, this is the greatest blessing you will ever receive in your life. And you didn't get any of this because of you or what you've done or your accomplishments. I can promise you this, it's got nothing to do with your business card or that corner office. None of this comes from you. Everything that you get, it comes just from Him. This is the greatest blessing you'll ever receive. But here's the thing, to get that blessing, you need that covenant. A covenant is like an agreement. To get that blessing, you need to enter into that agreement with God. And to enter into that agreement with God, you need what the Bible calls repentance. And if you don't come to church very often, I don't know if that's the kind of word that just makes you want to tune out right now. It's like, maybe you don't like it. This is all it is. Repentance means I'm going to stop the way I was going and I'm turning my life around. I was headed one way and I'm changing the direction of my life. I'm now, I'm going to head after you, Jesus. You make that decision to start to go after Him and you ask Him into your life and you receive Him as your Lord and Savior. This is what happens. You are forgiven. You are justified. You are sanctified, you are regenerated, you are adopted into His family. And all of this comes simply because of Him and what He's done. In the Old Testament, we say, you do bad, you get bad. You do good, you get good. But that is old news. The new agreement, the new covenant, the new thing that we have in place says this, you do good and God will bless you. If you mess up, God will forgive you and God will still bless you. Don't you get it? This is why this is the greatest blessing you could ever receive because this one positions you to constantly be blessed by God. It's no longer a result of what you've done. The covenant of works, it's finished, it's done. You don't worry about do bad, get bad. You just know that you are forgiven. You are set free, that God loves you. And every time you mess up, it's not like God wants to leave because you messed up. He's adopted you into His family. He loves you with an intensity that is so hard to communicate, but it is best felt. And the moment that you make that decision to walk across the line and say, Jesus, I want to know you. Jesus, I accept you into my life. That's the moment that you'll experience the reality of that connection with God. And maybe you've never had it before, but I tell you, it's so easy to get. It costs Jesus everything, but all you need to do is make a decision to follow Him. And the moment that you do that, you are unimaginably blessed. It is beyond question that you are unimaginably blessed by God. And you could be anyone, anywhere, in any season, going through any matter of things, 
And in that moment, you make that decision, you are unimaginably blessed. I think the greatest blessings are found within the boundaries and context of our relationship with God. That's where the, that's where the good stuff is. That's where the greatest blessings is. You know, if you're a person that has a family, I've learned over time that as God is blessing you, He starts to bless the people around you. And He blesses them by association with you because they start to see what God's done in you. They start to see how far God has taken you. They look at you when you are peaceful in the middle of some of the most difficult things that a person could ever face. And they get blessed by that because they say, I want that. If you're a, a husband and wife, you have a family, you have children, God blesses them by association with you. Because the whole orientation of your life is in such a way that as the blessing begins to flow, it touches you, but your kids are caught up in the blessings that God pours out into your life. Why? By association with you. They're connected to you and the blessing flows down. It's, it's kind of funny. Like I often think about my kids and I think, man, I, I just want to do the best that I can in my life because I know I'm not here forever. I just want to know that I can look after them. Sometimes people get concerned about their family. How are they really looking after them? What's the best thing that they can bless their family with? Or what's the inheritance that I'm gonna leave them? This is what I decided. I don't wanna worry about what my kids have when I die. I'm more concerned about what my kids have when they die. What is the thing? that will carry them from this place to that place? What is the blessing that will totally transform their entire life and beyond that into eternity? That's the thing I'm thinking about. You know, the title of my message is I'm blessed. But I didn't want to tell you that. And I didn't want to tell you that because I feel like when you hear that phrase, I'm blessed, it sounds like the catch cry of the rich or the catch cry of the successful. I don't know, you maybe just picture, you have a picture in your head about what a person looks like or sounds like when they say, I'm blessed. But Jesus transformed all of that. He said, no, 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 it's not the catch cry of the rich. It's the declaration of those who are poor in spirit. It's the declaration of those who are in grief and mourning right now. It's the declaration of those who right now need justice, but they don't have it. He says, no, 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 you don't need to have all that to be blessed. He says, you are blessed when you demand justice. You are blessed when you are persecuted. You are blessed when everything is falling apart around you. And in the middle of all the craziness, you say, I have a disposition that says I'm blessed. I have Jesus Christ. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I have Him and that's enough and it doesn't matter what happens out here. In here, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm okay. Man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You are blessed by association. I feel like you should just say it. Like, just say it out loud. 
Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. If you've got a relationship with Jesus right now, why don't you just look at the person next to you and say, it's true, it's true. I can't deny it, I'm, I'm blessed by God. If you're watching this message right now and no one's around you, you just type it. You just put it in a comment. Say, I'm blessed because it's real and it's true. You're blessed. And if you have children, your children are blessed. And as they follow Jesus, their children are blessed. Your children's children's children are blessed. God is good. God is faithful. You are blessed because you are introduced to the one who can bless you and them more than anything else ever can. That's what positions you for it. And your life might not be perfect right now. Maybe not everything is happening the way that you want it to happen. It's okay. Jesus says in that place, right there, He says, you can be blessed. You can have peace. And I wanna pray for people today who right now, you feel like you're in that place. Maybe you just had no idea how blessed you really are. You've been looking at all the other stuff. Maybe you've just been looking at more, whatever more is. So blessing has always felt out of reach to you, but it really doesn't matter who you are. I'm telling you right now, if you have got a relationship with Jesus right now, as you lean into Him, you can be blessed. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you so much. For every person who's watching this right now, God, many of them, it's challenges. Maybe it's relationships that are falling apart. Maybe it's financial worries that are concerning them. But whatever it is, whether we're poor in spirit, we're in mourning, God, maybe we just need justice, we're being persecuted, whatever it is, God. I pray right now in Jesus' name that everyone who's praying with me right now, that Lord, they'd be overwhelmed by your presence in this place, that they'd be overwhelmed by your grace. And I pray, God, that every worry, every concern, every anxiety, everything, Lord, I pray that all of that, just let it go right now. And I pray it be replaced with a happy disposition because they know you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.